0: Welcome to the Inspirational Living Podcast. A special thanks to our newest monthly patrons, Martin Paulden, Kelly at Prime Intention, and Tessa. Become our patron for as little as $3 a month, and you'll gain access to our entire archive of nearly 400 podcasts, as well as full transcripts. You'll also gain access to our patron-only series, Our Sunday Talks, which deals with topics related to spirituality and spiritual growth. Learn more by visiting livinghour.org slash patron. Thank you. Today's reading was edited and adapted from Nerve Control and How to Gain It by H. Addington Bruce. Published in 1919. If you have work to do, as I trust you do, do your work in the right spirit. That is, do it gladly, recognizing work for what it really is, one of the greatest blessings of existence. Often we hear people say, I wish I did not have to work at all. They had their wish, they soon would regret it. For they would discover, as thousands have done, that entirely to abstain from work means mental and physical ill health. People must work if they would keep well. That is all very fine, I hear someone objecting. But there is quite a difference between working and working too hard. If I hate to work, it is because I have to work too hard. My work exhausts me. There is, of course, such a thing as working too hard. If you are obliged to do that, I am indeed sorry for you. But are you sure that it is your work that exhausts you? may it not be that the real trouble is that you fail to keep yourself in proper fitness to do your work without becoming exhausted this is a point many do not take into consideration they attribute to overwork bad effects which actually result from some other cause as a doctor friend of mine once said most people who are overworked are More properly speaking, simply the victims of bad diets, bad fitness, and poor attitudes. They mistakenly believe that because they are tired, it must be work which is hurting them. The person who breaks down in middle life commonly imagines that they have ruined their health by overwork. The college student thinks that they have ruined their health by study. All these quote overworked people prove their case by showing that they improve in health when given a vacation. This simply shows that a bad condition can often be remedied by improving your general health and attitude in any way whatever, even if the primary source of the difficulty is not reached. They may indeed be working beyond their working capacity But their working capacity is only a fraction of what it could be if they took exercise, ate right, avoided alcohol, stopped worrying, and took on a positive attitude. If they lived rightly in these respects, the work which was a drag might be an inspiration. Those words from my doctor friend should be pondered thoughtfully. Recognize that your work is your life. Don't dread work, but do dread making yourself unfit for work. Of course, it is a mistake to force oneself to work when really fatigued, but it is important to remember that there is such a thing as false fatigue, and that to stop working when one merely thinks they are tired, may have the unpleasant consequence of setting up a habit of not working at all. Now, having spoken of false fatigue, it is important to gain a clear understanding of real fatigue. Nature's warning do tell us that we should for the time being stop work and have a rest. While fatigue is an inevitable result of hard work, And while rest is always necessary to overcome fatigue, it should be noted that there are certain things that accelerate the onset of fatigue. Malnutrition is one of these. If you don't eat enough food, or eat food that isn't really nourishing, you will become fatigued far sooner than you should. may experience persistent feelings of fatigue, you cannot compensate for this by extra sleep. What you need is to pay more attention to your diet. Another cause of fatigue, and one which is often overlooked, is a lack of fresh air. The human organism needs plenty of fresh air to keep it fit for active effort. Many a person has learned by experience that, tiring in a closed room, They have only to open the windows or take a brisk walk outdoors, in order at once to feel rested. If for this reason only, every working place should be well ventilated. Employers who compel their employees to work in badly ventilated rooms are cheating themselves, as well as treating their employees unjustly. In addition to working in a well-ventilated room, you must also sleep in a well-ventilated room. When a person, though having slept soundly, wakes tired in the morning, the chances are that they have not had enough fresh air in their room during the night. Another common cause of fatigue, as mentioned before, is an absence of effort. There are many people who feel tired simply because they do not bestir themselves. There are also mental factors which help to hasten or retard fatigue sensations. The more you are interested in your work, the longer you can work without experiencing fatigue. Your interest not only causes you to ignore the sensations of fatigue, but it seems actually to delay the production of fatigue inducing chemicals within your body. On the other hand, the more tedious your work is to you, the more rapidly it fatigues you. Similarly, if you are worried to any degree, the onset of fatigue is quickened. This after all is only what is to be expected from the fact that worry or any other depressing emotional state, has a profoundly lowering effect on your vitality. Now, even though it is true that freedom from worry, interest in your work, and great natural vigor can postpone the coming of fatigue, they do not forever prevent its coming. Sooner or later a weariness of body and mind will occur. When this weariness is felt, the wise person will heed the warning and will rest. When it comes to fatigue, there is a special form of it known as brain fog, one which causes great alarm to those who become chronically afflicted with it, but which in its origins usually differs not a whit from ordinary fatigue. In brain fog, The chief symptoms are weakness of memory, difficulty in concentrating attention, and a general inability to respond efficiently to the demands of everyday life. My mind seems tired all the time, is the frequent lament of the victim of brain fog. Again, worry is a common, perhaps the commonest, of this special form of fatigue. Office workers are more prone to this affliction because they are usually sedentary workers and indoor workers. The nutrition of the blood, which feeds the brain, requires muscular exercise and fresh air. Many office workers neglect to take exercise and neglect to go outdoors to an adequate extent. Also, they often are careless about the ventilation of the rooms in which they work. The oxygen in fresh air is the essential food of the blood. When there is a lack of it, the blood is cheated of its food. Brain fog then follows. Unfortunately, the influence of these physical factors is not always appreciated by the victims of brain fog. They may continue to force themselves to work under poor conditions until they come perilously close to the verge of a nervous breakdown. Let me tell you about a graduate student who once came to see me. He was a young man of small financial means but large ambitions and was alarmed at finding himself in the grip of brain fog. In fact, he was in a mental state bordering on panic. I have worked hard, he explained, to save enough money to carry me through until I could gain my doctorate degree. My final examination is due in May. Now it seems absurd for me to take it. I can't study. I can't even think. My head aches constantly. Sleep is impossible to me. It looks as if i would lose my whole year's work and i haven't the money to keep me here another year well what have you done about it i asked him i've been to the university doctor and he tells me that there is really nothing the matter with me nevertheless i'm unfit to do any work not many questions were needed to gain a clear idea of the situation It was simply the case of someone who had neglected health considerations under the spur of a desire to succeed. He had worked late in a badly ventilated room, had taken no exercise, and had worried incessantly over the possibility of failure. If you want to save yourself another year's labor, I told him, you must forget your books for a time. Must indeed forget that there is such a place as this university. Go to the country for two weeks at least, for a month if possible. Don't take a book with you, but do take warm clothes and a good pair of boots. Rain or shine, get out of doors. Walk a few miles every day. Pretty soon you'll find yourself able to think and to sleep. Life will seem less gloomy to you, and when you come back, you'll be better able to study hard without overtaxing yourself. Now, when you do come back, forget your fear of failure. This, coupled with the physical upbuilding that the fresh air, good food, and exercise will bring, is the thing that will most surely cure you. As it turned out, This course of action was all that he needed to overcome his brain fog. It is indeed all that is needed by many brain fog victims and potential nervous wrecks. Although in some cases brain fog could be the result of some underlying physical problem, one that requires a doctor visit to diagnose, It's been my experience that this is far and away the least frequent cause. Usually when an investigation is made, brain fog is found to have arisen from one or more of the causes I've described, and can be easily remedied by eating right, exercising daily, taking in plenty of fresh air, and cultivating a positive, worry-free outlook on life. The Inspirational Living Podcast is a production of The Living Hour. Transform your life in 30 days with our Majesty meditation program. Our unique auto-suggestion sound method meditation will help you achieve success in every area of your personal and professional life. Learn more at livinghour.org slash majesty. To get 30% off the $11.99 purchase price, use the coupon code INSPIRATION thanks for listening I look forward to talking with you next time